This is The Fabric Podcast, and as we start counting down to Christmas, we're finding the true meaning of Christmas right where you'd expect, in movies about Santa. Yeah, it's okay to be skeptical about that, or that a live conversation series focused on movies would translate well to a podcast, but we hope you'll get everything you need to make this the start of meaningful reflection and conversation in your life. So, on Dasher and Dancer and all the rest, here comes Santa Flicks. Greetings, Fabric. This is Greg Meyer, and welcome to Santa Flicks. This is how we're getting ready for Christmas this year, and to start off Santa Flicks, we're using Disney's 1994 classic, The Santa Claus. That's right, Santa Claus with an E at the end of it. It's that Tim Allen movie. I hope you've seen it, and if you haven't seen it, well, I hope you watch it after you listen to this podcast. Why do we pick this one out? I mean, why do we do Santa movies anyway? It's because the Christmas story isn't about the details of that story 2,000 years ago. It's about what the story is about. And that keeps popping up all over our world because it is one of the big messages of our world, and it certainly pops up in this movie. I mean, this whole movie is about believing in Santa Claus, and in the end, everybody in the movie does. But it's obviously not just about believing in Santa Claus because, well, just because, you know, I'm, and because there might be some children here today. Anyway, so what is it all about? Or better question, what does it mean to believe in Santa Claus? I think that this movie is trying to get us to think about that. Tim Allen, he's a comedian, and this movie's entertainment. It's not religious instruction, <laughs> thank God. Uh, but you know how you can see a star the best when you don't look straight at it. And have you ever noticed how the beauty and the wonder that Christmas is meant to bring is so big that it can't be hidden. Its light shines even in the darkest nooks and crannies of our world. Yes, that's the way it is with this movie. So, Scott Calvin, the Tim Allen character, he's a mess. Not the good kind of living in a complicated life and doing the best he can kind of mess. No, he is the I've lost perspective mess. He's sold out. He's marketing toys for profit and using people on the way. And that's all part of the game for him. He's not a bad person. He's just not a very good one. I mean, he covers his tracks with lies, not because he's a liar. He just doesn't really know what the truth is. Like in this opening clip, he's driving home from work after being way too late to meet his son, who his ex-wife and her new husband are dropping off to spend Christmas Eve with him. And even though the roads are totally empty, he's using every excuse in the book he can to excuse why it's not his fault to be late. You wouldn't believe the traffic out here. Yeah, same to you! And that's not very ladylike! (laughs) Anyway, I'll try to get to my house as soon as I can. Oh, there's the problem right there three-car pilot. I'm really going to be late. So whatever story gets him what he needs, now that's the story to go with. And if he can make himself look better by making someone else look even worse, well, that's a lot easier than actually making yourself better, isn't it? I mean, he's kind of an expert at this. Here Scott is with his son Charlie and his ex-wife Laura. There aren't that many presents over there. Well, that's because Santa isn't here yet. Neil doesn't believe in Santa. Well, Neil's head comes to a point. He's smart. He's a doctor. He's not a doctor. He's a psychiatrist. 
take your coat off. You're sticking around, aren't you? All we are trying to do is give Charlie a firm grasp on reality. That's a good idea. You don't want kids running around using their imaginations. Oh, yeah. This is from the guy responsible for the do-it-all-for-you dolly. Leave her out of this. Don't you, Bertie. Don't you change me. Why do guys always you. have to fight? Uh, I swear we're not fighting. It's your mom singing. Sounds a lot like fighting, doesn't it? Cats, even. <laughs> the trouble is, Neil and your mom, they don't believe in Santa because they were real naughty. Which is why they'll probably get lumps of coal in their stockings. Scott Calvin has what I would call a negative balance in his emotional bank account with virtually everybody else there is. Unfortunately, that includes his son, Charlie, who he really does love and who's supposed to spend Christmas Eve with him instead of with Scott's ex-wife, Laura, and her husband, Neil. Well, let's see what Charlie thinks about that. kind of babies to believe in that kind of stuff. What are you talking about? I believe in Santa Claus. I'm not a baby. Well... Maybe this time you left. We don't want to keep Dr. Pinhead waiting. Do I gotta stay? Listen, you and your daddy are gonna have a great Christmas, okay? Will you pick me up tomorrow? Of course. Early? Yes. We're talking sun up, you're here. <laughs> You'll be fine. Oh, Merry Christmas, Charlie. I love you. I love you too, Mom. Be a good boy. Okay? Bye, Mom. How do I say this? Charlie loves his dad, and he knows his dad loves him, but he also knows that he's not a priority for his dad, and he doesn't want to spend Christmas Eve with someone for whom he's not a priority. Ouch. <laughs> That's tough, and I don't blame the kid. The side of Scott Calvin that does know what really matters, it, it does exist. It, it's inside him, splintered into tiny pieces that are prickling and poking him and trapping him in corners that he doesn't know the way out of except to bluff his way through. But as may have been true in your life at some point or another, strange events take place and drag him into those places where he has no choice but to wrestle with the real stuff. Here Charlie is in bed and he hears noises up on the roof. He goes to wake up his dad. What? I heard a clatter. What, oh, Charlie? There, a clatter. Charlie, what are you talking about? I don't know. It came a big noise. It's coming from outside. Charlie, it's just the wind or something. Come on, let's go back to bed. Somebody's on the roof. Maybe it's Santa. Not now, Charlie. I want you to sit here, and I want you to stay right there. So... Scott Kelvin runs outside to go see what's going on up there, and he turns around and looks up on the roof, and what does he see but Santa Claus? Hey, yo! What's up? He's startled, and... Oh, no. He's not moving. You can imagine the look on Scott's face right now. Charlie. You got him! 
Charlie, stay where you are. Charlie, would you listen to me? Stay up there. Did not. And he's not Santa. Well, he was. He's got some ID on him, I bet. Fella, if you can hear me, I'm just looking for your identification. He pulls out Santa's. Here we are. I'll, I'll give you a lift back to the mall. Santa's business card. If something should happen to me, put on my suit. The reindeer will know what to do. Yeah, right. on the roof and what do they see? Oh. A sleigh with a reindeer up on the roof. Can't believe this. And now Santa's disappeared and only a suit is left on the snow. Stop it, Charlie. We're not going anywhere. You'll never do what I want to do. Would you do. please be quiet for a minute so I can figure this out? Reindeer up on the roof. Santa suit laying on the ground. I fell. Not my fault. Reindeer on the roof. That is hard to explain. Magically, a ladder appears. From the ground up to the roof. Where the hell did this come from? Here, Dad. The Rose Such a Ladder Company. Huh? Out by the roof, there's a Rose Such a Ladder. Just like a poem. Up Charlie goes to see what's up there. Charlie, come on down from there. Charlie, get down from there! Dad! You gotta see this! Don't touch anything. It's great! I'm just gonna call the police. I'll carry the stuff up there. Let them deal with it, okay? Of course, he ends up in the sleigh trying to get Charlie out of it. And I realize it's probably kind of hard to believe all of that. And I even pulled out some of the really juicy details that make it all the more implausible and interesting. Uh, but isn't there something kind of familiar about all this, too? I mean, those things that you put off and put off, that you run away from, that you try to create workarounds to, sooner or later they catch up with you and there you are stuck in a position that you had no idea you would ever have to face. And now you do. You're trying to keep your act together and not let go of what your heart says really counts. So off they go. Unintended, but on their way to their first house for first delivery. They land. Well, we made good time. Now what do we do? And do what? Go down the chimney. Down the chimney. You want me? Take the toys down the chimney into a strange house in my underwear. No. Gotta put the suit on first. You know what we're gonna do is we're gonna get out of here because this whole thing is stupid. Okay, everything I wanna do is stupid. I didn't say that. Mm. 
nubs off out here. We want me to get Santa costume. Which is great. Santa costume. You never know where it's been. Thousand malls. Well. So dressed up in Santa suit, he grabs the bag and it carries him up. I'm okay, I'm okay. To the chimney. And drops him right through it. Santa-like enthusiasm. He goes over to the Christmas tree and takes out the presents, and I'm sure he's just thinking, how do I get out of here? What is going on? When the big household dog shows up. Nice teeth. He runs to the window. <laughs> well, that should have been enough for anybody, but not so fast. I'm fully equipped. We gotta get out of here. Thanks. We gotta go home. How do start this day? Just like that. And off they go, but not home like you were hoping. Just to the house next door. Uh-oh. Whoa! This could be a really long night. Okay. A whole night of doing what is absolutely impossible, and none of it makes any sense, and he doesn't know what to do with any of it, and there he is at the North Pole now. And this is where he discovers that he has fallen under the Santa Claus. And he meets Bernard, the head elf, who explains it all to him. I am not Santa Claus. Ah. Did you or did you not read the card? Yeah, I read the card. Then you're the new Santa. And putting on the hat and jacket, you accepted the contract. What contract? The card in the Santa suit. You said you read it, right? So when you put on the suit, he fell subject to the Santa Claus. Here. The Santa Claus? Oh, you mean the guy that fell off my roof? No, no, no. Not Santa Claus the person. Santa Claus the clause. What? You're a businessman, right? Yeah. Okay. A clause as in the last line of a contract. You got the card? Okay, look. The Santa Claus. And putting on this suit and entering the sleigh, the wearer waves any and all rights to any previous identity, real or implied, and fully accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa Claus in perpetuity until such time that wearer becomes unable to do so by either accident or design. What does that mean? It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. It's ridiculous. I'm not put on a suit as a Try to understand this. Let me explain something to you, okay? Toys have to be delivered. I'm not going to do it. It's not my job. I'm just an elf. It's Santa's job, but Santa fell off the roof. Your roof. You read the card. You put on the suit that clearly falls under the Santa Claus, so now you're Santa, okay? A question. What? When can I get out of here? Dad, you got to see this place. You leave tomorrow morning. You have 11 months to get your affairs in order, and you're due back here Thanksgiving.
Okay, let's think about that for a minute. He puts on the suit and he ends up in the clause. He becomes Santa. So what is the clause? You put on the suit and then you become what it is. Well, Scott Calvin had put on the business suit a long time ago. And he was it. That's who he had become. Now he's putting on another suit. And he fights it. But gradually, you know, he can't help but become it. And he has no idea what to do with all of that because it is about all sorts of things that he has ignored for so long. And he isn't used to this, and he wants it, and he doesn't want it all at the same time. Anyway, this, is he Scott Calvin or is he Santa Claus for his son, has come to a head at school for Charlie. And, well, here we are in the principal's office. reason we're here is that this is far more serious than a boy believing or not believing in Santa Claus. That's right, because Charlie thinks that this whole thing actually happened. Scott, what was the last thing you and Charlie did before you went to bed Christmas Eve? I read him a book. What book? The night before Christmas, folks, come on. And did you go to the North Pole? Th this is ridiculous. I don't have time for this. Ridiculous or not, Scott. For Charlie, this isn't some dream. It is real. You need to sit down with Charlie. Explain to him you are not Santa Claus. Lots of errands in the North Pole, Dad. Charlie, I already told you we did not go to the North Pole. That was a dream. You're in denial, Dad. Denial? You don't even know what that means. Well, you are. I know what happened. How do you know that? How? You don't have any proof. Proof? Why can't we both think of it as just a great dream and, and forget about it? What about this? Snow globe. Bernard had given him. This is a toy. We used to make things like this at work, but no one bought them. Here. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I know who you are, Dad. You'll figure it out soon enough. There are a lot of kids that believe in you. You can't let them down. Charlie, you're wrong. Yep. It gets kind of weird, and it becomes a constant battle for Scott. But at one point, it all begins to click. And Scott Calvin remembers. He doesn't just remember that he really was Santa Claus last year and that he is supposed to be Santa Claus this year. No, he remembers what matters, what life is about. It's stuff that fits this new suit. Not the old one. So you still believe you're Santa? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Of course you are, Dad. How can you say that? Think of all those kids. The only kid I'm thinking about is you. Dad, I'm fine. You can't let them down. They don't believe in you. Charlie, listen. You listen. You think you know who he is? You don't. Charlie, honey, listen. You're confused. I know exactly who he is. Charlie, he's not Santa. He is too, Santa. We went to the North Pole together. I saw it. Charlie throws him the snow globe, and he looks inside, and he sees the magic. He knew everything. Right, Dad? Remember.
you, Charlie. Thank you. shows up. Boy, this bird is dry. Haven't you people heard about basting? Bernard! Hiya, sport. Bernard, can I go? Please, can I go, Bernard? It's okay with me. Charlie. Laura comes looking for them. Uh, and they're gone. Charlie? The door's open. She runs outside. Just went off the deep end. And that's what happened when you suddenly start being what you meant to be instead of what you always have been. And people don't trust it. It can get you in a lot of trouble. And Scott Calvin was in a lot of trouble. You need to see the movie for yourself. The the police are chasing him to get Charlie back. He ends up in jail. You know, that seems to happen in a lot of Santa Claus movies. The elves, of course, rescue him. But... In the end, people see Scott for who he really is. Looking deeply into Scott's eyes, want to see something. It's you. It really is you. You really are Santa Claus. Pretty cool, huh? Everyone starts seeing Scott Calvin for who he really is, or should I say they see Santa for who he really is. They look in his eyes, and they don't see the Scott Calvin they'd been acquainted with, but the Scott Calvin that was always buried deep inside. It kind of makes your head hurt to start seeing the world differently from how you thought it was. Remember what it was like for Santa to quit seeing Scott Calvin? But best of all, Charlie no longer needs to wish that he was a priority in his dad's life. He knows and he has evidence that he is a priority in his dad's life. The question, do you believe in Santa Claus, maybe means, do you believe in Christmas? And the question, do you believe in Christmas, really means, really means what? Do you suppose, or do you think that, do you believe in Christmas means, do you believe that Jesus was a virgin birth in a stable in a town called Bethlehem, and there were angels and shepherds, a star and wise men from the east? My answer to that, I don't think that that is what believing in Christmas means at all. It isn't that those are true or aren't true. It's just that those details aren't the point. They aren't the message of Christmas. No, those details, they are the messengers of Christmas. So then what is the message of Christmas? Well, what could it be except that for God, Yahweh, all that is, the third strand, the universe, call it, understand it, see it as you may, 
It is saying to you and to me, you matter. And I am here with you, no matter what. There's something wonderful about discovering that you matter in the world to others, and especially to the people you love. There's also something wonderful about discovering that the people and things that you love, that they matter, and that when you put on that suit, it changes you. It changes you not into something different, but into who you knew deep down inside you always were. Long, long ago, some 2,700 years, the prophet Isaiah talked about this, and it has been understood as the meaning of Christmas since the story of Jesus' birth was first told. Isaiah wrote, People who have walked in darkness. He's saying people who wore the wrong suit, who lived lives, lives misaligned with their hearts. They have seen a great light. They woke up. They remembered who they were. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness. Yeah, we all know those places. On them, light has shined. Thanks to our Charlies, whose light shines upon us until we finally see it. After escaping from jail and continuing his Santa Claus rounds, he stops at Laura Neal's house to drop off Charlie and to talk with him a minute. We're so worried. Look at you. How could you see me? I don't have a lot of time. Did you leave the gifts I made under the tree? You bet I did. We better go. No, Charlie. No. Oh, no, no, no. No, wait, Charlie. It's okay, Laura. Actually, I, I think it's a much better idea that you stay here with your mom and Neil. Really? But, Dad... No buts, Charlie. I can't be selfish. I can't be with you all the time. We're a family. You, me, your mom. And Neil. And they need to be with you, too. This is too much. Come here a minute. Listen to me. Come on, listen. There's a, there's a lot of kids out there, okay? Millions of kids. And they're, they're all, they all believe in me. They're counting on me, Charlie, and I... I'm not gonna let them down. I got a lot of work to do. Well, I can't be selfish either. You gave me a wonderful gift, Charlie. Listen, a wonderful gift. You believed in me when nobody else did. You helped make me Santa. Selfish. You're the least, the least selfish person I know. I love you, son. goes on. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. Those powers that used to tell us who we're supposed to be and what our lives are supposed to be all about, they no longer are calling the shots. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
boy, those are better names than boss or commercialism, reputation or insecurity. The Bible had one other name for this son who was born. The Bible calls him Emmanuel, which means God is with you. And Matthew, the writer whose life was changed by the appearance of this light in his life, the last words that he records of Jesus are spoken to those who looked to the light that Jesus shined on them. And those words are, remember, I am with you always. I'm not sure that Christmas could be about much more than that. I'm not sure there's a gift that we could get that is much better than that. You know, if the gifts that you are giving this Christmas remind the people you love how much they matter to you, that's wonderful. If they don't, and those presents are just stuff, well, that's okay. A gift is a gift. But maybe, maybe you could reach a little deeper and find a way of giving them the gift of your attention, of yourself, of real costly and wonderful evidence that they matter and are a priority for you. doesn't need to happen at Christmas. It just needs to happen. So the movie asks, do you believe in Santa Claus? Or maybe even, do you believe in magic? Which is their way of asking, do you believe in Christmas? Or that you matter and that others matter too. Do you believe in your goodness and the goodness of others so deeply you just can't help but see it and be it? Hear the old watch in awe as Scott Kelvin, Santa Claus, flies away in his sleigh. Goodbye, Charlie. Bye, Dad. Merry Christmas to all. To all a good night. I'm sorry, Charlie. That's okay, Neil. You're just a nine-year inner child. <laughs> You're gonna make a great psychiatrist one day, kid. No. I think I'm gonna go into the family business. Get in the family business. Put on the suits that no matter what you're doing, you will be bringing the real you, the one that matters and that knows what matters. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. May this simply be the start of the conversation. Reach out if you want help connecting with a group virtually or in the Twin Cities and tag at FabricMPLS with your own thoughts on social media. You can also stay up to date and find other resources on our website, FabricMPLS.com. <laughs>